0: Well, I want to welcome you to The Raw Roaster. We have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and uh, we're glad that you've joined us today. I'm here today with a, a friend and uh, and someone who has attended Calvary Church for quite some time, uh, John Carlson. Uh, John, it's good to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you, and I appreciate everybody who's... Uh... Tuning in to listen to this really important topic, something dear to my heart, and I believe it's dear to the yeah. church also. <laughs> well,
0: you and your wife Barb have attended yeah. Calvary for for some time, um, but mm-hmm. uh, you also have a background uh, in pastoral mm-hmm. ministry. You went to Gordon mm-hmm. Conwell, and um, and then also pastored for six years, I believe mm-hmm. you mentioned. Yeah. And um, and even though. Uh, um, you know, you stepped out of that formal pastoral role, have a pastor's heart, and that's something that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I really appreciate about you. And I have uh, an incredible gift for teaching and writing. And uh, both you and Barb serve on our our writing team um, that that produces the uh, the study guide questions that we have um, each week related to the message. And, uh, and do a, a wonderful job with that. But you, you also have uh, been teaching in a number of our adult classes. And this most recent topic of uh, of wisdom mm-hmm. is something that we've had some dialogue about. Yeah. And um, I thought, we, 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 I need to let our listeners know about this topic of wisdom uh, that you've really invested a lot of time in. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about how you became interested in this topic of wisdom?
1: Uh I need to understand how life works. I mean, who wants their life to turn out wrong, you know? (laughs) But um, I I also have a a real analytical mind. I love to figure out how things work, but uh, life's just too complicated. That one baffled me. It just didn't work the way I thought, but we need somebody like Solomon (laughs) to figure that out. And, of course, Jesus also gave us insights even. They, they would make Solomon blush. They <laughs> elevated it so much higher. But um, And then there's David, who taught us really what it's like to live a life of faith. And so this class on wisdom is mostly drawing on the Psalms and the Proverbs and the Gospels, because uh, you know that's enough to get us our foundation for what is wisdom, how does it work, why do I need it, and that kind of thing. Um, how would you define wisdom? I know this is a mm-hmm. phrase that you know every all of our listeners
0: have heard yeah. the term, but I would imagine that if we gathered definitions mm-hmm. or asked people to send us definitions, mm-hmm. that we probably would have different definitions for every single mm-hmm. uh, submission. Mm-hmm. How do you define wisdom?
1: Um, well, it's, it's a big topic in the Bible, and there's layers of complexity, but ultimately it boils down to something really, really simple. And um, that's important. I'll get to a little more of the details of it, but the basic definition is wisdom is getting on the path of life. And staying there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's complex, though, because wisdom, when you understand it, really pulls everything in life together. It, it gets everything in perspective, keeps you on track, puts your eyes in the right place, guides you in how to live. For things that are too complex for us to ever understand, there's a path of life that God gave to us to make it work. And um, actually, go ahead. I was going to say, do you feel like,
0: is it intuitive or is there biblical principles for wisdom that
1: may, might not come naturally? How, how do you? Well, some of it is intuitive and some of it we all trip over in different ways because we're fallible and we're fallen. We can make mistakes. It's the nature of us. Yeah. And, and we do need some guidance there. Um, When Okay, so if wisdom's getting on the path of life, what's the path of life? Yeah, that's the thing that the whole Bible is teaching us. And no matter where you look in the Bible, that comes down to two things. Um, You can't reduce that one to one. You know, when Jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment, he didn't give one. He gave two. You love God with all your heart. You love your neighbor as yourself. There's these two dimensions. Some people call it horizontal and vertical. Some people call it faith and works. I think the shortest definition of the path of life I've ever seen in the Bible is from Psalm 37, where David says, trust in the Lord and do good. Mm -hmm. You know, the trusting in the Lord is our relationship with God. Do good has to do with how we treat people. Uh, Micah had a little summary, you know, what does the Lord require of you? Do justice, love mercy walk humbly with your God. Mm. In that case, the first two are about how we treat people because justice and mercy go together. But, you know, the path of life has those two dimensions. It always does. No matter where you look in the Bible, it comes down to that. And it also has an inward and an outward dimension. And uh, Jesus really liked to focus on the inward because one of his principles of wisdom is a good tree bears good fruit, you get it right on the inside, and it'll, it'll be right on the outside. Mm. So that's his, uh, well, some of his perspective. You, you yeah. can't get, um, you can't underestimate the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus actually used the term, the path of life, in the Sermon on the Mount, he, Mount, he described it as the path that leads to life, mm-hmm. and said it's narrow. Hmm. And the path that leads to destruction is really pretty wide. Yeah. Um, so he, he gave a slightly different um, name for it than what David did, but it's talking about all the same stuff. I think a lot of our listeners might get
0: knowledge and wisdom mm-hmm. confused. Is there a helpful
1: illustration to maybe distinguish between knowledge and wisdom? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking in Proverbs, trying to grasp what he's saying, um, we encounter knowledge and understanding and wisdom, and they're a little bit different, but they they travel together. They have to. Um, I did hear uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, an illustration from someone in in the class I'm teaching here at at Calvary that knowledge would be like mathematics, you know? If you can understand triangles and stuff, well, what do you do with it? Understanding is applying it, like, how do I build a good roof that will you know, be strong and everything? But then that's about how you do something. What's wisdom? I need a roof on my house. I yeah. think that would be very wise. Yeah. <laughs> be very foolish to build a house with no roof. So there's there's kind of a, a correlation here. Ultimately, hmm. the wisdom is I, I think I need a roof. <laughs> but then there's knowledge, and then there's understanding, and they all work together. That's helpful. So there's so there is the knowledge mm-hmm. piece. There's the oh, un- yeah.
0: which is different than understanding because. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any knowledge of math. I <laughs> took one math class at Bethlehem college, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, so my my knowledge is is yeah. is minuscule. But then understanding would be different. So that, like you said, that would be yeah. understanding not only the principles but
1: how it works and how to apply it. Maybe exactly, okay. exactly. And wisdom it'd be more. What direction are you going, and why are you doing what you're doing? Okay. You know, it's it just goes more to the values and you know what's driving us in life yeah and it should be love for God and love for one another
0: yeah you know? what are some of the basic principles of wisdom that you know and you, you've taught this course now a number of times mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I know you're you're working on a a, a lengthier book on this topic of mm-hmm. wisdom and what are some of some of the basic principles that you've discovered in wisdom in looking at wisdom literature in, in the in the in the Bible,
1: both Old and New Testament, mm. that uh, you've found helpful. Oh my goodness, there are very many. You, you know, I'm working on four right now because they're so critical in our society because they're under attack. But the principles of wisdom, um, Proverbs starts out really by focusing on things like. Fairness and diligence, integrity, um, getting your priorities straight. Um, It's interesting that Proverbs, when right after a little prologue, the very first uh, message isn't so much about the path of life, but it's about the path of death. You know, Mm -hmm. it's somebody warning his son, "Don't join a gang." You know, don't do that. Some paths of death are just so short that you don't want to get on them. It might wreck your life forever. So, you know, part of wisdom is stay off that path of death, but get hold of the path of life and prioritize it and cherish it. And um, pay attention to those who love you. Because hmm. they have your best interest in heart. Yeah. Don't be dumb and listen to every voice that's out there. Yeah. Because a lot of people just want something from you. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, the Book of Proverbs is is loaded with different things. Of course, uh, a real emphasis on righteousness and how part of life we control, part of life we don't. There's always the invisible hand of God at work. Hmm. But then there's something we do. You know, yeah. early in Proverbs 10, where um, uh, the first major collection of Solomon's Proverbs, he gives two Proverbs back to back and said, um, "The you know, God won't let the righteous go hungry. Hmm. The very next one, he says, you need to be diligent if you want to. You need to be diligent and work Mm. if you want to have bread on the table. It's like he's deliberately bringing out, hey, there's two sides to this. And I think that's another principle of wisdom that we see is there's two sides to almost everything. Mm. And uh, right there, Solomon was saying, yes, there's the human side and then there's God at work. Both of these are happening together. So it's, you know, it's just a huge topic Mm. Um, I think what has helped me the most is seeing it all just come together in the teachings of Jesus. Um, He built upon the wisdom that was the foundations that were laid by David and Solomon and others and and just taught us how spiritual life works. Hmm. I think besides his summary that a good tree bears good fruit, the wisdom he teaches is really designed... When we apply it to get rid of all the hindrances in our life to God doing His thing in us, Hmm. you know, that the Holy Spirit can flow in our lives Hmm. unhindered. I mean, like unforgiveness, that'll choke off the flow of the Holy Spirit more than anything else I know. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, The teachings of Jesus. Um, will open our hearts and our lives to the work of God in us and through us uh, in a such a powerful way
0: John what's your assessment of this is probably a two-part question mm-hmm. what's your assessment of wisdom today both mm-hmm. in our culture and then maybe within the within the church and maybe the mm-hmm. uh, maybe the evangelical church yeah. which i know is still a huge Category. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But uh, what's your assessment on the state of wisdom today?
1: Um, I I think that society is going off track big time in several areas that uh, the Bible teaches us a whole lot about, like justice and truth, Hmm. uh, character and unity. These are things that are all very dear to God's heart, and the Bible gives us good foundations for this, and mm-hmm. they're just not valued in society much anymore. At least we're seeing them under serious attack here in our country. Yeah. And. Um, are there specific areas where you feel like you see... Uh, well, consider uh, truth. Uh, what do you get on the Internet? It's Completely unregulated. I know we have a more polite term for it called disinformation, but hey, there's a lot of people who just have no regard for truth. Um, Lies are what they do because it helps them get what they want. You know, it's just disregarded completely. It's unregulated. Uh, and politics, unfortunately, is another area where a lot of people just don't seem to care about truth anymore. Mm. If lies will keep your party in power, then, you know, lies are the thing we do. You know, it's yeah. it, the values that are established for us in God's word are certainly being neglected. And... Um, And unfortunately, the church is not immune. One of the things that concerns me is a lot of Christians, a lot, I'm just going to say, you know, some are, some are not. Mm -hmm. It's enough that it's a problem. I'm not going to try and say what percentage of what, you know, none of that stuff. Well, 88% of statistics (laughs) are made up on the spot, right? Yeah, no. (laughs) But um, I... Christians will take their faith to a certain point and say, you know, it's very important that we live by the principles of God in every area of our life, except one. Politics, no, that's off the table. Mm-hmm. Now, we can do politics the way the world does politics. We don't have to do that the way God wants. Mm-hmm. And so there's that carelessness. Um, one thing I've been doing in the, in the course— and I have to say it's been very well received. Um, both times, you know, in both of the life groups that I've taught recently, where we talk about what does the Bible say about justice and truth and character and unity? I really embrace it. And, and I know that it's true for many Christians that they embrace it. Um, it's unfortunate that for some they don't. And it's... In my opinion, it's actually going the direction of idolatry. Um, For example, um, now what what would idolatry look like for us? It really comes down to the questions, who do you follow? Who do you serve? Who do you honor? We have one shepherd that we're supposed to follow. Hmm. If we allow a different set of values to come in... And we follow those. They are the guide for our life, not the values of the Bible. That's actually a type of idolatry. And um, so, unfortunately, what I've seen some is that where there's a clash between the values of society, and in particular, I I see that with politics, and the values of the Bible— how we respond tells a lot about us. We could respond by really seeking to understand what the Bible says and critique society on that basis and critique politics on that basis, but but let the values of the Bible lead. Hmm. That's godly. But sometimes I see people, when they see that conflict, they're busy trying to reinterpret the Bible to make it support these other values and uh, you know who's leading there which shepherd are you following and um, what do you think is so
0: enticing about <sighs> politics and why does it rise to the level of idolatry so often
1: <sighs> that is a good question um, and I don't have a quick answer for that one I know that Um, One of the enticements, I mean, face it, what is politics? It's a contest between people to see who gets the power, Hmm. to see who gets the power to make the rules. That's what it does. And um, so there's a lot of power at stake. And there's a lot of people who have money who want to make sure it goes their way, It's just, um, it's more of a trap than anything. I really don't believe that power is a problem. I've heard that thing about how power corrupts and stuff. And, you know, that's not true. I don't believe. um, If we have power and we use all of that to serve God and build his kingdom, that's absolutely godly. There Hmm. are people in the Bible who had authority and who had money and... They were godly people because God was first in their life. Mm. But when you have power in somebody who's got his heart in the wrong place, what do they do with that power? They abuse it. Mm. You know? So power's not the problem. And I believe that God calls godly people into politics, just like he calls godly people into so many areas of service. And politics is not the problem. It's the corruption, hmm. because there is some, because there's money at stake, there's power at stake, there's, there's a risk there, and we just have to always keep first things first, and I don't know why many people don't, hmm. but... Another example of that that I see sometimes is that uh, where there's a clash between the values of the Bible and the values of society, you'll just set the Bible aside. Like, you know, well, as long as I don't read it, it won't bother me. Yeah. Okay, this raises the question who are you serving? Again, that's a question of idolatry. Um, in John 10, Jesus warned us against following a false shepherd. Hmm. And in Matthew 5, he warned us, you cannot serve two masters. You just can't do it. And so, if we're going to be following, if, if we let something else dictate the values and direction and purpose of our life, and we just set the Bible aside, who are you serving? Yeah, that really is idolatry. Hmm. Um, another thing that has just mystified me lately is... Praising the wicked, hmm. that one hurts because God honors people who have character and integrity and um, serve others, and people who are godly grow into the character of God, and hmm. they will honor these people also. But when you honor the wicked and disparage people who are godly, you know why are you doing that? if your reason is, I don't care about their integrity or service, all I care about is their political affiliation. I will honor people who, you know, are part of this party or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Who's your God? You know, what's shaping your values? Um, That is what concerns me the most. And I don't like to uh, confront idolatry directly. But what I found in this teaching is that go to the heart of the matter instead. Hmm. Actually talk about what does the Bible teach us about justice, truth, character, hmm. divisiveness versus unity. And it it warms the heart. Hmm. People receive it so well. Um, I, I do try to tell them, you know, we're not here to litigate... Uh, current events or anything, let's yeah. stick with the Bible and yeah. talk about these things and I, I find it very well received and that's encouraging and I just think we need more of it. what uh, what would you recommend as a as a to, to chart a path forward to
0: cultivate wisdom? Maybe in our mm-hmm. own lives, in the life of the church mm-hmm. corporately, are there some very practical and tangible steps that we can take to, uh, see the fruit of wisdom play out in our own life.
1: Um, very good question. Very hard question. Practical is not always my thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, practical for me is when I understand it, I really seek God's strength to put it into practice. Yeah. That that's for me. But leading a church is tough uh, challenging a group of people um, I do love to read the prophets and you yeah. know they didn't beat around the bush they went yeah. after when they saw sin they called it sin You know, but um, I, I just think that these foundational principles need to be emphasized um, in teaching because they're under attack right yeah. now can you list those you mentioned there's those four. four can you list yeah. those again for sure. the um, listeners justice for the powerless this is something the prophets go after all the time mm. you know why are you depriving the the weak of justice and usually they single out the widows the orphans the the immigrants the poor course sometimes some translations say alien but you know we have to update our language there we know <laughs> yeah. they're not from outer space so yeah. you know immigrants is really the correct uh, re- yeah. representation there and truth um, truth is important to God very important to God and he will judge us on the basis of truth and I know truth is under attack a lot of people claim there is no such thing but God is omniscient. He knows everything. He never has a problem with truth. He knows what the truth is. Yeah, And he wants us to have that understanding, too. None of us are omniscient like him. That's not what I'm saying. But, yeah. but there is such a thing as truth, and we need to pay attention to it. It's important. And when God turns on the light, he exposes the darkness. Hmm. There's a lot of things we could say about truth. It's a wonderful topic to explore. And character is important. And it's interesting Solomon, of course he was a king, mm-hmm. made several statements specifically talking about character in leadership. Um, what Solomon liked to do was observe life. And what did he see in life? And what can he learn from what he observes? He apparently had observed a lot of situations where there was corrupt leadership and he saw what it did to society. Character in leadership really matters. And um, again, with, with politics, unfortunately, sometimes we think party is more important than character hmm. and we will pay a price for that. But um, that is something that, you know, character is so important to God. We're called, we were created in his image. We're called to grow into his image as a new creation, Um, that as people and as a church, we reflect the image of God. His character is perfect. Hmm. We need to value that and not underestimate it. And unity, it's, it's, I say that's under attack because I see so many people using divisiveness to their advantage. Mm. And Jesus warned us, uh, a nation divided against itself will not last. Mm. And Satan knows that. Divisiveness is one of his tools Mm. to destroy society uh, because he knows the destructive power of it. And he is a destroyer. So, So I... Have have made these topics now a part of this course on wisdom. That we talk about those things and mm. and have good discussion and um, of course the reason I called you and we had this conversation in the first pa- first place I just wanted to let you know it's being received so well mm. in these life groups and that's encouraging but you know I just want you to know what. That's What's really, going on in those glasses? That's really good. So yeah. you,
0: you've emphasized the truth, just, oh, yeah.
1: justice for the
0: powerless, yeah. character, mm-hmm. and then unity. Yeah. And um, I, I each one of those, I, yeah. I can see how core mm-hmm. that is to both the yes. Old and New Testament. Absolutely. And, and also for as I think about Calvary Church, mm-hmm. like my prayer is that yeah. we would be. Um, rich in each one of those different categories.
1: and I I see that. I see the ministries focusing in these areas, and it it is just so encouraging to see. By the way, when the prophets talk about justice, probably the biggest one is depriving the weak Mm. of justice. But they also talk about not showing favoritism to the rich and powerful, Mm. because... You know, that's the other type of justice that can be neglected in a corrupt society is that yeah. the, the rich and powerful can get anything they want. Yeah. And um, I know in one of the minor prophets I was just reading, um, one of the condemnations was that when leadership was corrupt, um, they just let... You know, rich people get away with any crimes they wanted and didn't hold them accountable. So it's both of those. Show no partiality in justice, period. Mm. And you've got to protect the powerless. Mm. If you're not doing that, you're not in tune with what God cares about. Yeah.
0: Say our listeners are wanting to get involved more in this topic or explore this topic of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Do you have any good resources that you would recommend as this is a, this is a good first place to go? Maybe, <clears throat> maybe after Proverbs, you know, <laughs> I mean, we've emphasized that a lot, but yeah. maybe they want to know more about Proverbs or more about wisdom in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Is there a resource that you could recommend uh, that you found
1: helpful in your own study? Um, you know, I, I can't really say. Okay. I, I do study and I look at commentaries, but a summary of wisdom, um, you know, I haven't found one. What I find is um, studies in the wisdom literature, Okay. and the Gospels aren't considered wisdom literature, they're their own genre, but hey, that's where most of the wisdom is, (laughs) you know. And then there's studies about wisdom for specific topics like, Help! I've got a problem. Somebody help me figure out how to solve this. You know, yeah. I've got teenagers and I don't know what to do. Or I'm a teenager and my parents are crazy. You've seen wisdom books like, or what do I do when I'm facing a crisis? And so there's a lot of f- books about wisdom that are really focused on what are you going through in life right now? Hmm. Um What I have been discovering over the decades as I study is what is wisdom itself and how does it all hold together in the Bible? Mm. And I found that to be really helpful to me. Mm. But um, where to study, boy, I would say look at the Sermon on the Mount really Mm. carefully. Um, The Psalms are awesome in terms of teaching us a relationship with God through real life, hmm. and um, you know, any. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know yeah. anything that's challenging you. Get in the Bible. I yeah. think one of the challenges we have is that uh, we, a lot of Christians just don't dig into the Bible as much as yeah. they need to to yeah. get the foundations. Where the foundations are lacking, we can get off track. Yeah, and and we need to know. We're supposed to listen to some people. Some people we better not listen to. Yeah, you know, because the voice is the voice of a deceiver. Yeah. So, we if we don't know the Bible. Yeah. We're missing a key mm. foundation for wisdom. We've got to study it more. Yeah. Well, I would love to have you back on this this show,
0: John, and maybe we can, maybe even you know, in one show, take, you know, one of those those core foundational principles of mm-hmm. of truth and justice and yeah. character and unity, mm-hmm. and really unpack yeah. those because I think as you've highlighted so well today, these are so essential for the Christian life. Yeah, it's so essential for the church. So I, we'd lo- I'd love to have you back on yeah. at, at some point where we can talk. I uh I enjoy play about much. those. yeah, so well thank you, I really appreciate you having you on today. This has been uh, enriching for me and I know it has been for our listeners as well and appreciate your mm-hmm. your wisdom and insight that you've brought to uh, this important topic. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you all for listening. If you would like more information about Calvary Church, uh, you can visit us at calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen. Uh, It also helps if you leave us a review. We really do uh, like your feedback, uh, and we would love to know how we can make this show even better. Uh, until next time, uh, we hope that you are able to explore this topic of wisdom in the Bible. And as John has emphasized uh, so eloquently, uh, to to really dig into the Bible, read slowly, read intentionally, uh, and discover uh, God's wisdom um, in His Word. We look forward to having you join us again next week.